simple. And that's what Lisa does. She makes some complicated things really, really simple. Puts weapons and tools in people's hands so that you can take the practicals of the kingdom and actually apply them to your life. Not just, not just good words that just sort of mean nothing, but she makes things practical. There's a, a prophetic anointing on her life. There's a, a, you know, just the call of God on her life. And so why don't you honour her as she comes to the Lord? <laughs> Welcome everybody. How you doing? Who's still in holiday mode? Who's visited the beach a lot? Parents, who's ready for school to go back? Ah, look at all of you. No judgment at all, I get it. Okay, cool. Um, So today I'm just going to speak in a way that's I'm always interactive. I'm always going to ask you to do something, but I just want to say it's not like when you go to the comedy festival and the guy at the front's like, it's interactive, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> what's going to happen? But I am going to invite you just now, just in your heart, within your will, I guess, that you're like, yes, I want to just kind of be interactive and respond. I'm just going to invite you. Is that okay? Thumbs up? Good, good. All in the name of freedom, all in the name of more of God and more of Jesus, yeah? All right, let's just start with a little prayer. This is that interactive bit I was talking about. So you can close your eyes if that helps you focus. And I'm just going to say it out loud. And if you just want to say it out loud, because our words are powerful, it's really good for us to speak things out loud. Um, So just first, yes, I trust you, Jesus. Thank you that there's always more for me. More healing, more freedom, more goodness. God, I give you my mind today. Amen. Okay, that's the big clue. I'm speaking about the renewed mind. Um, We're doing a little series. Liam's going to kind of like hit this thing hard and I'm just going to do like a little entree for you today. All right? If you have um, your Bible with you, if you still have those books, they're books, or you might have an app, or you can just gaze off in the distance because I'm going to read it to you anyway. Three options. Okay, Matthew chapter 3, 16. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. In Luke, it says it was torn apart. And he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Let's go straight into Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I'll give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Alrighty, so I'm just going to pull out a few things from those two stories. Who's pretty familiar? A lot of you are pretty familiar with both of those things. Um, Romans 12.2, it's where we're told to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. 
Who has, just an aside, who's been coming here for the last few months? Yeah. Who's kind of just enjoying the presence of God and what God's doing, right? Right. So this is kind of why I'm on this, because we just really feel like we want to partner with whatever God's doing. We kind of have this sense of anticipation, like, wow, he's doing something beautiful um, amongst us. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going with this. I just want to be able to say that we were mature in him. And so when we talk about being mature or complete or perfect, when the Bible says things like be perfect because the Father's perfect, it's not like perfect like the world. It means perfect in love. Or mature, it's mature in love. Or complete, it's complete in love, yeah? This is what I'm going for today, all right? So we just want to be people known for our love, don't we? We want to be people that are rich and deep in the love of God. All right, so to do that, that maturity in love, that means we're going to be people who are free of condemnation or low self-esteem, free of false narratives about who we are, because it's God who qualifies us, isn't it? He calls us sons and daughters, and it's our job to believe what he says, right? So we want to believe what he says. We want to be saturated with that truth and infatuated with Jesus. All right, interactive part. Can you say, God, I want to be saturated with truth and infatuated with Jesus? Did that feel good? Yeah. I've got a slide. I don't know. Oh, there we go. First one. There it is. Okay, back to the text, Matthew 3. So Jesus is baptised by John in the Jordan. You know, oh, wow, a lot of J's. Um, you know that bit um, where there's like a slight argument. Jesus is like, you have to baptise me. John, he's like, no, I can't. He's like, yes, you have to. And he's like, okay, I will then. So that's all that's just happened. That's happened. Let's put it in context. So up until now, Jesus has grown up in a household. He's had Mary and Joseph, yeah, some, bro some family, brothers and sisters, we know. His dad is what? He's a carpenter. So he's apprenticed to his dad. All right, so for me reading that, it just sounds like kind of super normal, yeah? What I just want us to notice about this moment Jesus is baptised is that Jesus has not done anything extraordinary yet, has he? He's just been a guy. He's just been a kid. He's just eaten dinner with his mum and dad and made things out of wood. I don't know. <laughs> he's just lived life. Just an ordinary life of a young Jewish man. He's baptised, he goes down in the water, he comes up, the voice of the Father says, you are my son with whom I'm well pleased. Got it? What a beautiful picture this is. This is a stunning moment in scripture because this is probably, it's just a standalone moment where you get the Trinity all in one place. Don't you? You got Father, Son and Spirit. Wow. Okay, what a beautiful template for us to understand what the Father's like as well. Right? Okay, you are my son, daughter, with whom I'm well pleased. So, what a beautiful template for us because we need to hear his voice say the same thing over our life. Okay, let's do slide two, Janita. God's pleasure and affection for you is before you can do anything for him. Who struggles with that little bit? Just nothing. Okay, this is what we need at our core, every single one of us, don't we? It's the deepest part of our identity, isn't it? Listen to me, because you live, because you have breath in your lungs, you're loved. Just because you breathe, because you were born, right? 
This goes against everything our culture tells us. All right? Because you exist, God the Father says, you're my son, you're my daughter. I am so pleased with you. I love you. That's what he's like, right? So our culture teaches us what? It teaches us it's our accomplishments, what we can do, our tricks, our looks, our bank account. You know all the ways that we measure success in our culture? Like everything in God's economy, though, he, he flips it up. He's like, whoop, right? So what does the Bible tell us? He says that man, the Bible says man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Not because of who you are, what you can do, not because of your gifts, your personality, or your ministry, or your good looks, or your talents, or your kindness, or generosity, even good things. None of those things. That's not why he loves you. Before that, your identity is that just that you are loved, full stop, accepted, full stop by the Father. Yeah. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you. All right, ready? We're going to say it. He loves me because he loves me because he loves me. Let that go in. Change the whole way you live. All right. He just, he is love. God is love. He can't do anything else. Okay, who's seen a, a new dad watching their kid or their toddler at a playground? All right? I love this. Like a two-year-old with a full nappy eating tan bark, right? <laughs> and who's seen the dad who's just completely enamoured with their kid and tells anybody that's nearby, that's my kid. Look at them, right? What are they doing eating tan bark with a terrible nappy? They've done nothing, right? What have they done? They've been born, right? Right. This is the heart of the father. I want you to catch it, grab it and take it in today, yeah? And I love the dads, they're like, yeah, like other kids are really cute, but have you seen my kid? <laughs> I love it, they're just like one eye. It's just like fabulous, I love it. So biased. I think that God gives us a little sneak peek into the father heart of God, doesn't he? When he lets us be parents, because you're like, I never knew I could love like this. This is a crazy kind of love, it's ridiculous. And it's so like single-minded and so biased, so, isn't it? Right. We need to start understanding that is like the love of the Father. That's what He's like. We want to be mature in love. We want to be complete in love, right? Don't we? We we cannot know this love if we dive deep into it for the whole of our lives. We're just not going to reach the end of it. <laughs> Do you find that incredible? I think that's why we get eternity. Because we're just not going to get to the end of his so, love, right? Whew, my head's kind of popping off. <laughs> we all want to love like that. Okay, the third, the third one. Belief in God's affection for you, I am his favourite, is foundational. <laughs> we all get to be his favourite. Someone's about to go, hey, that's bad theology. You're not his favourite. We're all his favourite. Come on. Okay, out loud, ready, set, go. I am his favourite. It's good, isn't it? Did that feel good and a little bit cheeky at the same time? Yes, it did. Ah, all right. Let's talk about Jesus for a second. So Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. All right, so we're, if we're ever wondering what he's like or how he feels about us, we can read, read about Jesus and see what he's like with people. He's actually just like stunning with human beings, isn't he? He's just 
the best. Really kind, really just, really loving. Um, side note, as a woman, I always wondered, because church is a bit funny about women sometimes, if you read about Jesus with women, complete feminist, look at the, look at the time. Look at the way he treated women. Just just saying. I'm up here, I've got the microphone, I can say. <laughs> All right, so as apprentices to Jesus, because that's what we are, we copy his life, the way he lived, the way he responded to life, and we are to represent him to the world. Because the world is hungry for a love like that. I'm hungry for a love like that. The world is hungry for a love like that. All right, and again, what we see here in Matthew 3 is so important. Before anything else, Jesus hears the voice of the Father and his affection. Before anything else, we need to hear the voice of the Father and his affection. Before anything in life. Who knows that life, like, throws some tricky things at you sometimes? Yeah? Or has anyone got, like, that perfect cruise going? <laughs> you get thrown all sorts of things. But I just, for me, it's just like if I can hear the voice of the Father and know his affection, I'm all right, you know. All right. We must hear the voice of the Father and his pleasure over us first before we try to live a good life or do anything good for God. Otherwise, it's just a bit of empty religion. Or else we're trying to work for God's affection. With the Father, we work from his affection. Back to the text, Matthew 4, okay, the wilderness and the tempter. Let's look at how Satan comes to Jesus. What does he say? Next one. Yeah. If you are the son, and what has God just said? You are my son. son. (laughs) Right. Identity is the first place of attack. I'm just pointing this out because it's one of the oldest schemes of the enemy. It's super predictable, like every single time. (laughs) Um, who's heard of imposter syndrome? You know what that is? Or in your life, who has ever had thoughts around not being good enough, not smart enough, not measuring up, not enough, not enough? Anyone? Yep. Just me? Yeah, no? Yeah, All right, good. Okay, um, the next slide. There we go. Okay, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, he's speaking about Satan. He says, for we are not unaware of his schemes. We just need to be aware. We don't have to focus on this stuff. We just need to be aware. That's all I'm doing today. The attack on identity is the first place of attack. Again, we don't need to focus on this or on the enemy because it's boring. Um, Just be aware. All right, do you know how the the attack on identity will come? So remembering we're spiritual beings having an earthly experience. Did you hear what I said? Not the other way around. Um, We're more than just a body. So we have got this spiritual realm. I believe we're living, we have this earthly reality and this spiritual realm as well. It's just a weird concept in our Western culture. If you go, who's been to other countries where it's like super normal for people to talk about all sorts of weird things? Yes. All right. Except the Bible does teach us it's a reality. And some people, you know, if you talk to people, not just Christians, but you'll talk to people and they're like, oh, yeah, I've got this freaky story when I could sense this evil spirit or evil presence in a house. Or If you talk to people, they have these stories, but they don't know where to put them. They're just like, just put it over there. We've got the Bible, so it actually kind of makes sense. I remember having some wild combos with um, a friend of mine. She was a kinder mum, not a Christian. And her daughter was seeing angels, but she didn't really know what they were in her room at night, right? So it was just like, she was like, what? 
do you think she's talking about? She described kind of, she's like, well, they're these, they're at night time, there's three, there's one that um, stands near her head and um, they're really tall, they go right through the ceiling, they're, they're all white. Um, they have gold around their middles. She's like, what is she talking about? It's like, I don't really know, but in the, it sounds like, so, you know, it's just really interesting if you just talk to people. Anyway, it's the strange combos that you have at kinder pickup and stuff like this. <laughs> All right. So how does evil or darkness, just jumping back to this, um, how does that communicate to people? How would demons communicate to people? Strange combo, I know. Thoughts? This is the battle. It's between your ears, right? So sometimes an attack on identity can come like through other people, but mostly the most common way is in your thought life. Is everyone aware of this stuff? All right. So as much as we believe there's a good father in heaven, we also believe that Satan exists. And the Bible calls him a few things. One is the accuser. And one, of, one is the father of lies. Who's had um, accusation come at them before? Feels like this. You're so da 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 da. Dumb or silly or unintelligent, or you're not a good parent, or you're not, you're wrecking your kids, or you're bleh, bleh, bleh. whatever it is that's your kind of sore spot. That's kind of where it will go. Who's had that before? <laughs> I'm putting my hand up, right? It feels like accusation. That is not the heart of the Father. Can I just say, so the Bible tells us God disciplines those he loves, but when he disciplines you, it will feel like love. It's like a parent. Like if you're telling your kid not to do something that's actually, like stop it, that's, it's dangerous. It's love that's my motivation, right? But I'm still saying stop it. So when the father disciplines you, it will still feel like, oh my gosh, he loves me so much that he's just gone, not that way, babe, this way, or stop doing that thing. Different to accusation. All right? His kindness leads, leads to repentance. Right? So let's not confuse that with accusation. Okay, another scheme of the enemy I just want to mention here. I was talking to Dean about this. It's funny. Comparison. Ugh. Comparison. Okay, it's hideous. It's a killer. Killer of creativity and dreams and who you are. So when we look at another person and compare ourselves to them, we're either thinking I'm better than you or I want to be you or we're jealous of that person. We do not have a correct understanding of what it is to be made in the image of God. Scripture tells us that we're God's workmanship created for good works in Christ. That word workmanship, it can be translated as artwork or um, the Greek word is poema, sorry, um, where we get poetry. You literally are God's artwork or God's poetry created for good works. Is that beautiful? The Psalms tell us God saw us unformed and then knit us together in our mother's womb. Also, we, the Bible tells us he knows every hair on, his, on our heads. He's a details guy. God, isn't he? He likes the details of you. He just really likes you as you. You don't need to be anyone else. He's got good ideas for you in your life. And he's put some beautiful dreams in your heart. And he's just so keen for you to be you. I love the care and the detail and the design of you by God. It's just so important to understand or else you might just settle for less or think, oh, I'm just one in a crowd. 
who knows he calls us by name? He doesn't go, oh, hello, Lilydale, like, or hello, <laughs> bunch of family people or whatever. He's like, it's by your name. It's, he's such a details God. He's such a father, yeah? All right, so again, comparison, the killer of creativity dreams, it is not the heart of the father. Let's not be entertaining that either. All right, back to how Satan influences our thinking. He tries to have us question our identity as God's loved one. So that's an internal narrative, those thought patterns. It's only things that you and God are aware of or sometimes not even you. <laughs> sometimes we're not even aware, are we? These things that like chug through. I kind of think we need to think about what we're thinking about, right? You know when you just vague off sometimes? That's part of, uh, Liam's going to hit this taking thoughts captive to Christ a bit more, but that's kind of that space. We just need to become aware of what's happening up there. That silent battle in your mind. All right. Sometimes, again, sometimes they feel so familiar, some of this narrative or the thoughts. It feels like just it's us. It's been there for so long. I always have thought about myself like that. Yeah. Who can relate to that? Until you have a moment when you're in scripture or the Holy Spirit whispers a different narrative to you. No, that's not who you are, right? Mm. Good questions to ask around this when you're in those moments of accusing thoughts is what would love say to me right now? I practice this just in my house. I practice it when I do silly things, like when you drop something or you've just, I don't know, just the silly things you're like, oh, and instead of being like that to me, I'm like, Father, and, and it's so gentle. He's like, oh, just you were trying to do something really well. Good job. Or, you know, I just practice. What would he say? Because the first language, the, the native tongue of the Holy Spirit is encouragement. Come on. It's good. Right? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, this is good news, everybody. This is what the Father's like. This should be solid in us if we're mature in him. Yeah? It's good. Okay, cool. Okay, this is a bit of fun. Did you know we can create new pathways in our brains, right? New thought patterns, new habits can create new neural pathways. Some of you are way more sciencey than me, so I'm going to do basics. And I'm sorry if I just say things that are so, so basic. Um, all right, so the world of science, this is called neuroplasticity. Um, so that is the brain's ability to change itself constantly by creating new neural pathways and losing the ones that are no longer needed. I really like that. This is science. It's also the renewed mind. Brain plasticity appears to be the physiological basis for the possibility of transforming our minds. Wow. Come on. By mobilizing our thoughts and practicing new ways of thinking, we can reshape our nerve cells and change the way our brains work. Wow. So good. Okay. And all the Bible would say, be transformed by the renewing of your minds, <laughs> right? Our brains are literally transformed when we think differently. Come on. Science just says it too. Okay, next slide. There we go. Belief determines behaviour. What we believe in ourselves about who we are determines our behaviour. So if you've got a long-held belief that you haven't got anything interesting to say or no one really wants to hear it, you're probably not going to talk much, yeah? There's a million other things that you can think of. Um, I just want to say sometimes it's the, the area of attack that, that that's the thing you're actually called to do in life, right? 
as a kid, as a teenager, my sister, uh, you can ask Ange, <laughs> we were all quite shy kids. I would panic at the thought of the oral presentations at school. I just, it was like my worst nightmare, worst nightmare was public speaking. So strangely, I find myself standing up with a microphone <laughs> quite a lot because it's like the Lord's like, no, I don't want any part of you that's like full of fear, which is what it was. And so the more I've just become free in him, I'm just doing all sorts of different things. Um, maybe I'll work up to what Carly did the other day, which is a skydive. Not quite yet. <laughs> She's all about conquering fear. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. And again, okay, so I'm finishing up, coming into land. Uh, let's just do this last little interactive bit where we're just going to pray. So if you want to just close your eyes, actually, this would be a good time to do that. If you just want to say to God, can you show me the old thought patterns? Or show me the old narratives, God. So for some of you, you'll just have some pictures or some words or even childhood memories, all that stuff. And then if you want to just give them over to God, if it helps to picture Jesus and just do an actual handover, you can do that. And just be saying in your heart, God, transform me by the renewing of my mind. So if you've done a lot of work in this area already, then awesome. But I just think there's always more. Like, I don't know. We don't know. You don't know what you don't know. We don't know everything about ourselves. So just keep on this topic with the Lord. Because he wants you to live John 10, 10, which is abundant life, life to the full. Hmm. So just now we might have, um, can we have the worship team or part of you? I just want to create a space for this bit of reflection. If you want to write things down, you can do that. If you want to just t spend time with God, um, giving stuff over, you can do that. If you need to tell someone, like I've had this negative thought or thought pattern or narrative for most of my life, if, if that's helpful, then do that. People that you're with, or we're going to make space with a prayer team. We have people that we know and trust that will pray with you. So um, thank you so much, guys, and bless you. And yeah, we're just going to make this bit of time. Otherwise, we're finishing up. And um, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Last bit clearer into the mic is what Liam's saying. Just some time of reflection with God around the false narratives or thought patterns. So you can stay where you are or if it helps to come out and, and just tell someone what God's just been showing you. If you'd like someone to pray that stuff off you, this is a great time to do that. Okay, so I want to invite you to come out the front if that's helpful or just tap someone on the shoulder um, where you are. Bless you guys.